0: Pirates, we are born. Fires, we still bay. We live on our ship. Out on the sea. We rain the plunder, every water gets
1: in a way. That's what happens in every Pirate's Day. Buck Bros. Welcome back to the podcast. If you're following along with us, you guys are probably aware the Bucks. Move to three and three after the loss of the Falcons, sixteen to thirteen. I am Buckbro Ryan. Welcome back to the podcast, guys, and I'm going to welcome back my fellow Buck Bros, Bryce, Zach, and John. So, guys, we're in a bit of a slide here. Two losses now, back to five hundred, and losing our position at the top of the division. How are you guys feeling after the Falcons' loss?
2: Hey, Brocasters. Yeah, um, this game just screamed bold buckball to me. Too many penalties, inefficient offense, turnovers at the wrong time. Defense really kept trying to keep you in the game, but just couldn't make the big play when they needed to. Uh, depressed. That's probably the best way I could uh, sum it up. It was a depressing game to watch. We lost control of the lead of, for the NFC South currently. My prediction of us going 6-0 in the NFC South is now shot. So I might as well just give up on the season entirely. JK. That being said, I mean, it's better than the Lions game, but still not great. We're one and three at home. Just not a whole lot of really to say there. Um, Yeah. uh, I think we just saw again inefficient Baker Mayfield. Not necessarily bad Baker, but bad Baker at times, good Baker at times, just couldn't convert in the red zone too often. Missed, missed again some throws, especially one to got on that first drive that would have put us into better uh, position and not to have to go for it on fourth down and give them a shorter field. Um, I know we're going to talk about, you know, some of the players that did not perform well and who should be performing better and or should be on the bench. But we'll get to that later. We are what we are. We are what our record is, said Steve Spurrier.
3: Man, I don't mind it. it. Is what it is, but I don't mind it at all. You're gonna be three and three. Uh, the rest of the league doesn't look all that much better, especially the rest of the NFC, with the exception of one other team, which is the Eagles. Nobody else is really looking stand out right now. So there is a lot of season left to go. There's eleven games left on the schedule. Um, there is a lot of time to pull away and to figure this out. And I just hope that's something that we do. Um. I was under the impression that we were three and four, and then when I checked it again and remind myself that we're only three and three, I just cracked another beer and realized that there is a lot a lot of season left i don't, I don't care about this loss one bit.
0: I care a little bit uh just just a bit uh one bit more than John <laughs> like Bryce said they were really consistent like uh, Baker was very consistent uh well the well, one thing was really consistent still can't run the ball. The defense really disheartening because they, you know, they they tried to keep us in the game. I mean, they forced two turnovers uh, right there on the goal line. Effectively, I mean, that's a huge swing potentially. Uh, and Antoine Winfield Jr. just he just pops. I mean, he's the star of the team for sure. Uh, feel very blessed to have him uh, wearing red and pewter, but. It's just like a disheartening loss, I think, because it was there for a lot of the game. I mean, the Falcons were doing everything they could to keep us in the game. We just couldn't capitalize. Uh, so it's just frustrating to lose another home game, uh, cl- a close one. At least this was not a you know multi-score home loss. But yeah, disheartening. It's also tough when you look down the barrel, the, the Bills in... No time. Yeah, we well, it's come. not like the
2: Bills were that good on Sunday.
0: But do you want the Bills <laughs> coming off a loss like
2: that? I mean, that's to me uh, yeah. that's not I mean, a team I to be want. Fair. Um but it's not like you're you know, they're also asking themselves what the hell happened and what are we doing kind of thing. So but to your point, Josh Allen probably gets the benefit of the doubt more than Baker Mayfield does.
0: Just a little bit, I think.
1: Yeah. Not Easy to come off that loss and then go straight into a short week. You know, I was thinking about the loss. It's 13 to 16. You know, it it seems so close. But like you guys said, it was just so many mistakes, you know, and it's... We had so many good plays. We had the bomb to Mike. Antoine Winfield Jr. is making an MVP candidacy right now with the way he's playing he's an absolute baller levante david's back in form we have some really stellar playmakers and people who are making plays but the the lack of that high output consistency is killing us and the mediocrity of the team is showing up in a ton of different ways um and so it's it's hard it's hard to sit there and watch that game and feel it in any way, shape, or form, positive, in my opinion, going forward in the season, because there are just so many mistakes to overcome, um, and it's it's starting to look like last season where those mistakes probably aren't going to get addressed to any of my satisfactions at all. So, it's a tough one to swallow, especially it being a division. And I think Zach, you shared the graphic earlier this week of such a, a, a potential swing in playoff implications going forward this early in the season so i'm hoping we could bounce back against the bills but we'll see where we go from here i can tell you where the buck bros go from here they go straight to buy the numbers so week seven and i've got a couple of numbers for you guys for this week but in a little bit of a twist instead of giving you numbers for the game we are now at game six we have a couple of numbers that we can look at to see how our seasons are statting up. So these numbers are from our cumulative season from our first six games. So the first number I have for you guys is 102. Points against. That is incorrect. Points scored. That is also incorrect. First downs. You have got it. First downs. That's good for fourth worst in the league. <laughs> Sorry. The Steelers, the Jets, and the Bengals all have fewer. And we actually are benefited by having one of the highest first downs by penalties uh, metrics. So we have by far the lowest rushing first downs at 22. 22 first downs have come
0: off of the run.
2: No it surprise
0: to Bucks fans.
2: Almost four a game. If yeah. you
0: if you control for first downs off of penalties, I mean are we the do we have the fewest amount? Like if you remove first no, downs off penalties? no, we don't.
1: The Steelers and Jets still beat us, so we okay. would be third worst. The Bengals would jump us, but the Jets and the Steelers are both well under a hundred, and we don't have um that big of a gap in penalties by first or first downs by penalties.
3: We're as good a team as the Bengals right now. That's what I like. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs>
0: All, right, all I, right. I I heard we have we have an offense that's comparable to the Jets and the Steelers, but okay. Um,
1: the
2: Panthers have more first downs. That's crazy.
0: The Panthers are actually
1: kind of middle tier. Um, they're well ahead of us. They have 124 first downs. That's a whole game's worth for us.
2: <laughs>
1: all right. Let's get to the next number. The next number I have for you guys again throughout the season is 7 turnovers related
0: fumbles recovered
1: mm, might help if i say plus 7 oh turnover, turnover. margin <laughs> yes that is good for the best in the league the bucks have well, the best well, well. turnover margin in the league at plus 7 beating out the likes of the cowboys steelers 49ers jaguars and texans they have 13 total takeaways, six total giveaways.
0: So I'm going to stash that for later on in the
1: episode Four
2: on Baker alone.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, we do pretty <laughs>
2: terrible
1: on the run, but we've got one of the, the best turnover differential. So <laughs> a lot of highs, a lot of lows for the bucks this season. Um, not a lot of consistency. That's our by the numbers for this game. Let's go to our NFC South tracker. Obviously, the Falcons take over the top position beating the Bucks. Um, the Saints and the Panthers ended up losing, I believe. Keep me honest. Um, and so the yes, that's right. The Saints lost on Thursday night. Panthers Did the Panthers lost.
2: play. Um, yeah, that was the one I didn't know. I thought they I thought they were on bye, so they're still at Owen 6. They didn't win. Nah. All right, let's do
0: they that. They did not win. They did not win this week. They win and
2: lose. Well, cut
0: that second part.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't win. We'll go with that. So the only difference in the standings in the NFC South, of course, the Falcons overtaking the Bucks. All right, let's get to a new segment. We haven't done this one, but since we're six games in and we've seen enough football, let's get to walk the plank. All right, and this is where... We pick the Buccaneers, and it could be coaches, it could be staff members, it could be whomever. Somebody from the Buccaneers organization's got to walk the plank. They're not doing their job. They're not filling the role they were des- they were designated to do. So I'm going to start off here. I'm going to start off. This guy has been dragging my namesake through the mud. Ryan Neal, number 23, safety for the Buccaneers. He's got to go. He does not know how to play. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched any of the replays, but especially on that one where Antoine Winfield actually saved the game by forcing a fumble at the goal line. If you watch a certain perspective, Ryan Neal is lost on the field. And then he gets lost again when John, what, was it Pitts who made that catch at the end of the game? It to set him Pitts. up for a
2: field goal? It was Pitts.
1: I don't know. He didn't read that play one bit. He looked super dyslexic on the field because he did not diagnose that play
2: at all. He, yeah, he got late, come. and then he tried to, like, intercept the ball, when clearly he wasn't going to get there in time. Then didn't play the man like he's supposed to. Like, if he catches the ball at the 40, their 40, like, what's the – you know, they got to burn a timeout. Ah. Uh,
1: shades of Minnesota miracle happening, or Minneapolis miracle happening to us. But that dude did not know how to read a football field at all yesterday and I've seen enough Ryan Neal go walk the plank dude Bryce let's hear from you who's walking the plank from your end
2: yeah for sure Ryan Neal I mean I think that was an obvious choice this one not so obvious but you know we talked about a guy AWJ on the contract year balling out of his mind knows what to do when money's on the table he's going to take it all uh playing at an MVP level, like you said, Ryan, how many plays did he make in this game alone that kept us in the game? Just a, just a stud. You know who's not showing you what to do during a contract year? Number 45, Devin White. Yeah, he had a great game against Minnesota, but since then he has disappeared, and he's just been progressively worse. And this was by far his worst game of the season. Five cool attackers from your inside linebacker. Supposed to be the fastest, one of the fastest guys on the field. Five. Five. You know what that tells me? You're soft. You're a soft-ass player who doesn't want to stick his nose into the line and hit somebody with your helmet. And then the biggest blunder he had of the game was when he got lost in coverage. It was about, I do was, was it third and seven from, you know, well within their, deep within their territory. Desmond Ritter rolling out. AWJ's got him all day. Hey, don't worry. I got this guy. You know, he ain't getting the first down on me. Devin White totally forgets that he's covering and has a responsibility to cover. Tyler Algier decides, I'll join you, and then lets him throw right over the top for a 45-yard touchdown that sets him up to go into, uh, I think they got a field goal on that, or that might have been one of the ones where they fumbled the ball at the end as they're trying to score. Regardless, Devin, you, you talked a big game. You made a big fuss in the off season about not getting paid. You wanted to be traded, then you didn't want to be traded. It's all well and good when we're doing well, but you disappear when we're not when we need you the most. To me, I think your replacement sitting on the bench and Servachier Dennis, he needs to play more. Let somebody else pay you. I've, I've seen enough. Walk the plank.
1: I love that. I was screaming at my TV when he bit on that rollout and the sideline view of Todd Bulls just throwing his hands up. Like, what are you going to do with this guy? What are you going to do with them? He's not playing right. Yeah, definitely not impressing in his contract here. Let's go to somebody who's looking for a new contract. John,
3: who's walking the plank for you? Right now it would have to be Mike Evans. I I want to believe I've seen him snap out of these before in 2015. He did it. Um, I, I just don't know if he has it in him anymore. He was a pariah. He was just a black hole sucking the life out of the team during the Lions game. I went back and watched some of his sideline interactions. He was not being a leader. And when you're the oldest guy on the offense, you need to be the leader. You need to help those younger kids out. And he's just not – doing that and you look around the league and you look at what he wants to be paid and he's not on the level of these higher end receivers he's not on the level of lower tier receivers who are playing out of their minds I I just don't know what he's doing right now and yeah he'll go out there and make one splash play and get an 82 yard touchdown and then he comes off the field for a whole drive or he'll get one catch he'll body somebody look great and then he comes off the field for three more plays. He's not in the drive the whole time. And that makes him, he's not a concern. All you have to do is let Mike get by you one time. And then you, you get, you catch a whole breather. Cause he's not going to come back and beat you again. And star receivers don't do that. And I don't know if he wants to play here again. He wants to go somewhere else. He wants more money. And if this is truly a rebuilding season, like some believe it is, and we're really trying to see what we've got. We need to see what we have in these other receivers. Then maybe we need to trade Mike while he has a little bit of value and get something in return for him that we can use to help build ourselves. Because if he's going to keep playing like he is, I mean, he's just holding us back. He's only playing about 60% of snaps. That's just not enough.
1: Yeah. Well, he, I mean, we've made mention of it plenty of times the the hand up, Mike Evidence uh, <laughs> does seem uh, to be
2: me to be a with that one. He <laughs> I mean, it still leads the team in uh, receiving yards and touchdowns.
0: He's on pace for his second highest yardage total. <laughs> Walk the
2: plank. Walk the plank. <laughs> are, are we,
3: but where is it getting us?
1: Even with the Cincinnati Bengals, that's what I where, hear.
3: Where, where, where is he in the end zone? Where, where, where is he in these short yardage When we
2: get into the red zone, where is he? He has not showed up. I mean, Baker just has a hard time seeing over. You know, the offensive lineman. Maybe he's lost. You know, it's hard to find a six foot five guy. <laughs> You're gonna blame Baker Mayfield for Mike
3: Evans' inability. I'm blame to Baker call Mayfield the for
2: everything. Everything that could go wrong in this season is gonna be Baker's fault. Bad Baker. Bad.
3: bad. <laughs> Trey, Trey, Trey Palmer is 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 playing as many snaps as Mike Evans
2: right now. But yeah, Trey Palmer just started his career, and that can't be true. <laughs> I, I
3: can only tell you that they're they're off by about 1%. All right,
1: let's move on. Mike Evans could walk the plank at the end of the season. We don't know. But John Jones wants him to walk the plank right now. All right, Zach, round us out. Who's walking the plank?
0: Well, uh, I would say it might not be best for this season if the individual I've selected walks the plank immediately might be something to save for the end of the season. But in my opinion, I think Todd Bowles is very quickly playing or coaching, I should say his way off the ship. The team you mentioned it, Ryan, it's the best turnover differential in the NFL three and three, one and three at home. The team is, is really on paper defensively. They're doing well offensively limiting mistakes but he had one job this offseason which is to find a balance on the offense to hire an oc who couldn't do or could do rather what byron couldn't do which is run the ball we are six games in with still the worst rushing attack in the nfl the big problem that he had to address all offseason he didn't (laughs) he went outside the box and hired someone with no experience it shows frequently. Canalis seems very green every week. There's decisions made. There's plays called that are they're they're really uh, what's the uh, bad? They're bad. Yeah, they're just they're predictable. And and even when like oh, we finally go for it on a fourth down, right? Something we never do, ever. And Nobody gets – Baker doesn't have a look at anyone. He he takes the snap, starts to roll out, and he's just swallowed up immediately. So from an offensive perspective, which is Bulls knows that's his weakness, he is not able to address it still. And clearly there's a problem with the way the team is coached because there are so many mistakes being made. There are so many penalties that the team can't have a single drive on offense that looks smooth, that is – starts on the twenty five and ends in the end zone real smooth. It's just not in there. It's not it's not like we don't have the players to do it. This is a talented roster. It really is. It's it's not it's definitely a top half of the league roster that just it just doesn't perform that way. And I don't understand how you can't look at whoever's leading the ship and say it's not their fault. It's clearly the buck stops here with Todd Bowles. He was given a Super Bowl roster last year did nothing with it this year slight downgrade but a new oc same result so todd for me if things don't change quickly is coaching his way right out of town or off the plank i should say
2: it's just interesting that you know we bring up this turnover margin right and it's really because we're being as conservative as possible on offense it's like the antithesis of bruce arians you know no risk it no biscuit right like he was go for it, kill for the jugular all the time. If it doesn't happen, you know, so be it. Uh, I feel like Todd Bowles is just uh, is pussy. I, that's why yeah. I, that's how I say it. Uh, he's just afraid to. Um, he's more scared to lose than he wants to win, and that's how he plays. And it shows. And this was the same way he was in New York. I don't see why it would have changed here in Tampa. Amazing defensive coordinator. Absolutely. Um, But head coach, I'm with you. I I don't think he's cut out for it.
0: And you could see it with Byron, right? Because Byron stayed through the Arians transition to Bulls. And under Byron, the offense could still score points, even in his last year with Arians, right? We still have the playoff run. Still keeping up with the eventual champions. And then the next year, new head coach, Byron, looks like he's never called a play in his life. Everything just evaporates. I think it's Todd. At the tier point, his his tone is conservative, conservative, conservative. And I think it's, uh, it's just not really keeping up with the standards of today's NFL.
1: Yep. I was just about to say he's... It's kind of like that old school Dungy mindset where you trust the defense too much almost in today's NFL where he wants the defense to control the game and scrape by with those few points where today's NFL is is kind of like go after it, get as many points as you can
0: and don't be afraid. And to Ooh. that point, look at, look at the point totals if you take like the Bears game away. I mean, it's just not there. Like you've got 11, 9, 6, and 13 mm-hmm. are your last four. I'm sorry, Dan, the Saints game is 26. I was going to say the
2: Saints game. You the home use...
0: games. Sorry, the home games are just – we're not there. I don't understand how we have zero home field advantage. He says they look prepared leading into it, and then they come out and they lay an egg. We'll have to see what happens with Todd Bowles after this season. Like John said,
1: there's a lot of season left, so we'll see how the Bucks turn around the ship if they can under Bowles' leadership or – uh, if we're, we're headed to even worse storms ahead and, and bowls might be walking the plank as you suggest, Zach. Let's round out the season with what the buck, bro. And John, I'm going to like, let you take this one because we were just talking about the men, Something Todd Bowles did uh, in his practices. What's going on there?
3: Todd Bowles is a moron. So I, I'm firmly believe I he doesn't need to walk the plank. We need to gag him, time up and kick his ass off the side of the boat. Um, he's, He's not a good coach. We knew he wasn't going to be a good coach. And he doesn't have a response for why the team looks this way. He doesn't accept any ownership for it. He has never once in a single press conference put any impetus on himself that he missed something. Uh, So this past week, he said that he doesn't understand where the penalties are coming from because they've eliminated penalties in practice. You, You obviously didn't. And if you think you eliminated penalties in practice, you need to fire whoever is in charge of watching for them because you're not doing a good enough job because it is not showing up. And, you know, to say that, oh, well, we practiced good. You you didn't. You you couldn't have practiced good because you play like dog shit. And the, the offense that is struggling to run the ball cannot be running the ball in practice because we have one of the best run defenses in the league. Who are they practicing against? are you dialing these plays up against in practice that you're that you think you're prepared to run the ball against an NFL style defense these are terrible playmaking and play calling decisions that I wonder if they're just going to practice and not do they not see it does Todd Bowles when he's coaching up the defense not recognize that he can read Dave Canales' offensive plays like like a book like does he not look around and go "I, I know it's a run and like help him learn like hey man we have to disguise this run a little bit better I can obviously but what is happening do they not get together and figure that out I can't stand it anymore there it's just bad coaching top to bottom and it may be time to clean house because even Bruce Arians was not a good coach without Tom Brady the Buccaneers have have not had a good coach I think since Gruden left that's a bold statement then Bruce Arians, yeah, I mean like Arians is pretty coach. good in
2: in Arizona. So uh, I think that's just if Jameis Winston wasn't his quarterback in twenty nineteen, I think that team goes to playoffs. Personally, at seven and nine, he's they're seven and nine because Jameis Winston threw thirty effing interceptions, seven of them to the other team,
3: um or, right. sorry,
2: seven of seven of them went for touchdowns for the other team.
3: Would you have benched Jameis Winston at any point during that season? I would have never drafted him. I'm just saying. All right, you have the historically net quarterback who's getting ready to throw 30 interceptions in a season. You wouldn't try somebody
2: else? The, the, uh, the epitome of no risk it, no risk
1: Make <laughs> sheep, Bryce. He's balling. All right, He was balling that season. Take away the interceptions.
0: Oh. <laughs> Did He's he also a- set a record for most like uh, game opening pick sixes thrown like first pass of the game. Did he throw like three of them? Like tied a record. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. <laughs>
1: he All right. His first ever pass. I saw
0: it. Hey, we were there. Titans.
1: Woohoo! Got stomped against, by
0: Mariota. Against the guy. If we draft Mariota, Titans moved on from him before he moved on from Jameis. Whole cycle would be different.
3: Mm-hmm. The Bucks don't draft well. We always take the wrong guy.
1: Well, let me talk about another Titans, former Titan that the Titans moved on from this week. My what the buck, bro. I don't know. I'm going to revisit this because it happened last year, but H.A. Brown had an amazing game this Sunday night against the Dolphins. And we just learned that Byard, Kevin Byard, the Titans safety is now going to the Eagles. So, I don't know what deal the Eagles have with the Titans and how they became their AAA farm team, but it is a wholesale of Titans only available for the Eagles. A.J. Brown, Kevin Byard. I I don't know how they pull it. It reminds me of when we used to be the farm team for Bill Belichick and the Patriots back in the day. But I don't know how the Eagles GM is fleecing the Titans so hard. It, it, they're getting all the good players, and I don't like it. It makes me hate the Eagles even more except for my fantasy team. Obviously AJ Brown keep going.
2: Yeah. It's like the Titans and then they have a, you know, exclusive deal with Georgia, Georgia Bulldogs. Cause they somehow draft all of their defensive players. I don't know what's going on. Howie Roseman must have soft hands or something because uh, he just seems to be able to get whoever he wants at any point in time.
1: I'm, flabbergasted that the titans like aj brown go he is a stud let's speak of another stud who didn't see much playing time this uh past week bryce i'm in with Bijan robinson
2: yeah that's a great question what did happen with Bijan robinson i'd like to know all the fantasy owners that played and started him would like to know all the people who had draft or sorry excuse me everybody who had a bet or side bet or you know some sort of um you know game bet with him would like to know where the hell was he he obviously cost me my fantasy game with a total you know production of 0.1 points thank you for that 1 yard carry arthur smith uh yeah it's just it's a really weird situation uh, no mention of it on the injury report whatsoever throughout the week. No mention of any illness or you know, injury-related um, thing with him um, right before the game or game time. Just nothing. And so quite a – well, not a conundrum, but quite a shock to not see him out there. The guy they drafted eighth overall who's been kind of their workhorse for most of the season. not Nowhere to be found in this game. You know, there's a lot of talk that it was, you know, somewhat to scheme against the Bucs so that they wouldn't know who was gonna he was going to play or, you know, throw them off a little bit. I, I don't buy that whatsoever. Um, I just don't really know what, you know, what happened there. Like, why did he not play? You know, answer me that, Arthur Smith. Answer me that, Atlanta Falcon. Where is my Bichon mustard? I ordered it. I wanted it. I didn't get it what the buck
1: yeah i think everybody fantasy owners even the commentators were asking where bijan was and i think the falcons are now under investigation for um not being forthcoming in certain illness reported from bijan for our game so we'll see where that goes let's wrap up our what the buck bro with the talk of the league still to this day taylor swift zach take it away
0: yeah, you know, let's let's go back to the skyboxes at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, Taylor Swift knew she would be there. It's her last opportunity before second phase of the Eras tour begins. So we all knew she'd be there. And she continues to chum it up with Brittany Mahomes. They've made special handshakes. Um, it's very cool. Uh, fine, whatever. But there was a scene that was caught by cameras. Whilst she was celebrating with Brittany Mahomes, where Taylor turns and interacts with Jackson Mahomes, which is a problem for the league, for Taylor, for Travis, for any American, honestly, who likes football, freedom, uh, respecting laws, not committing crimes, uh, respecting the dead all the things Jackson Mahomes doesn't represent. So the what the buck is just Taylor not knowing that she can't interact with this man, and if so, she definitely can't do it on camera. So Taylor, there's a 0% chance you're going to hear this, but I just need you to know, get away from Jackson Mahomes. I think that I think the second phase of the Eras tour couldn't come at a better moment. Get out of here. Let somebody tell you, hey, you can't do that. That guy sucks. Leave him alone. Uh, yeah, it's a big what the buck. Um, I will not tolerate Jackson Mahomes being elevated by Taylor Swift at all. That's a PSA warning, Taylor. Hopefully,
1: you're you're a fellow Buck bro and you're listening.
0: It's also a little bit on Travis for not giving her the heads up. Like, hey, that guy sucks. He'll yeah. be up there, but like, you guys can like hang out like in the hallway. But when you're, like, in the box, the camera's always on you, you need to, like, act like, who the fuck's that? You do not interact with that, man.
1: (laughs) a little uh, PR training with Jackson Mahomes for Taylor. All right, that's going to wrap up our week review. Now let's get into our preview. Week 8, we've got a short week going against, like you guys said, the Buffalo Bills, who, again, class of the AFC, even if they're a little bit struggling and coming off of a loss to the Patriots. What are your guys – keys to the game this thursday when we face the buffalo bills
3: somebody's gonna snap a two-game slide and i hope it's us and they've got to play in a short week too i hope we kick their ass um but this is where we figure out whether or not we want to go somewhere this season i think now you do have to kind of figure that out that's where we're at in the season um if you lose here it can quickly fall apart. You get a win here, you go to four and three, you know, you you start looking a little bit better. Things start maybe looking a little more rosy, but you don't want to fall to three and four on a Thursday night and things start looking tougher down the stretch. I I think we have to get a W here. I think you just harass Josh Allen uh, because he's proven that he looks phenomenal um, when he's comfortable. When he's uncomfortable, he can be beaten and that team can be beaten. So my hope is that Shaq and Vita Veya just cause havoc, just cause as much havoc as possible. And Mike figures his shit out that that's my keys to the game. Mike figures his shit out and the defense stays strong. Yeah. I mean,
0: Josh Allen will make mistakes. That's for sure. Something uh, that we have to try to scheme out of him because he's at times reckless with the ball, um, turn it over. Uh, in their last couple losses. Ironically, after all of the, like, shade thrown at Todd Bowles, uh, this might be, like, the week to break out the conservative nature because you're going up against such a heavy favorite on the road on a short week. I tend to think in this spot, your best path to victory is a defensive struggle. Try to make them look sloppy, it's Thursday night. Those games are already sloppy, but try to keep it close and low scoring. Don't take too many chances because their offense is so explosive. Like this is one. I think I'm okay with being conservative here because it's just a bad spot. So try to, you know, get time of possession on your side, keep running the ball for two point, whatever yards. I don't, I don't know, but just try to get turnovers, try to win that battle. We're good at that. Um, and their defense is not, um, you know, untouchable. They, you know, they've they've been had. So uh, just try to limit their offense because that offense is stacked.
3: You know, and uh, to that point, you know, about rushing the ball as little as possible, Chase Edmonds does look like he is going to play on Thursday night. So maybe that's he can be a spark to that to that run game for the Bucks. He looked okay. Uh, but right now he is the season leader in yards per carry for the Buccaneers, even though he has missed the majority of the season. so maybe maybe he can blow it up. Maybe he can do something different that you know Vaughn and White haven't been able to do.
2: yeah, I actually kind of agree with both of you on the last two points you made. This is one where I think because it is such a short week, all the things we've been talking about about you know changing players or being less conservative. Not the time to do it. Do that during the ten, you know, day mini buy, if you will. After this game, Um, this is one where I think, yeah, to your point, Zach, we should try to win ugly. Um, Try to create turnovers. You know, Josh Allen has been proven to do that more often if he is pressured. I think we can do that with Via. um, Sorry, Vita Vea. Um, Kalijah Canty's actually looked really good the last couple games. I'm not after him a little bit. Um, maybe you know, Devin White can come on some blitzes instead of being lost in coverage. He's a lot better at doing that. Um, don't make the critical mistake at the you know at the critical time. Limit turnovers. Maybe we can improve our first down amount <laughs> uh and keep the chains moving, keep their offense off the field. And the other fortunate thing is this comes a little earlier in the season, so it's not going to be, you know, super cold in Buffalo or snowy or, God, we'd have zero chance if there was any snow on the ground uh, up in Buffalo. So, thankfully, it's going to be in the low 60s for this game. So, should be a nice football weather, football night. Um, And, yeah, I, I don't have a lot of faith that we'll go four and three after this, but if we do, great. Going to, again, that little mini-buy and season gets a little – I mean, the competition's still there, but get a little bit of break before you got to go out to San Francisco.
1: Yeah, I think you hit on most of the Buck Bros' feelings coming into this game is you're hoping for the best, preparing for the worst. You know, I think most people would consider the Buffalo Bills a tier above in terms of their team uh, and their execution as a team than the Buccaneers. Um, so I, I agree with all your points. I'm just going to come from a standpoint of what I would like to see on the field because I don't think I saw it last game. Um, and this is something that Todd Bowles is known to do. I, I'd like to see us dial up some blitz calls that really get after Josh Allen. Um, you know, Desmond Ritter is not the best quarterback, and he looks pretty damn good against our defense. He sliced it up, he was running um all over us so i didn't see a whole lot of dialed up blitzes and like really well-timed calls from the defense and just a whole lot of effort plays really and so i'd like to see a more coherent game plan on defense that really confuses the buffalo bills um like i didn't see with the atlanta falcons so that's all i'm looking for we'll see i'll let the game be what it is um you know, turnovers, obviously time possession, all great statistics to own. But I'm just looking to see if we can get in Josh Allen's face and, and rough him up a little bit.
0: Yeah, Ritter's ability to run kind of scares you going into this game because he looked surprisingly mobile. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I guess you could spy Josh Allen. But he's just so big. Like, it's tough. Like, if you spy him, like, he could run through your guy. It's tough. I, yeah. Brian, that'd be nice because they called it in the game about like how much we blitz and then we just weren't blitzing.
2: We'll see. Part of that is I think Desmond Ritter has shown he's not really been a great quarterback. So it's like, all right, make him beat you via pass. Just didn't work out.
0: He did. (laughs) (laughs) He did. He did. Running the ball and throwing the ball. He looked like a Heisman
1: candidate. Yeah, Yeah. except for the fumbles, that He was running all over us. It was, it was, I'm getting a little scared of the bend, but don't break Todd Bowles mentality because we were bending way too much against the Falcons for my liking. I would like to. Antoine's back there. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our, that's what we're looking for. Our keys to the game. Let's get our fantasy predictions in for this week. Zach, do you have a quick round out of
0: how we did last week? I do indeed. So we'll go from the bottom up. John had Baker Mayfield and Sean T- Tucker. sorry, I didn't see him on the on the game sheet um yeah he didn't he didn't do anything uh but he had Baker Baker seventeen point two points not bad. Uh, let's see next up Bryce had twenty five point seven this combo of Kenneth Walker and Chris Godwin and Ryan had twenty five point eight. Hustle Boys hanging together, uh, out of Mike Evans, who had the majority of those points, and then Austin Eckler had a dud. And then, let's see, somebody got 39.1 points this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had 39.1 points this week. Amon Ross St. Brown and Rashad White? Wow, good combo. All right, well, with that scoring, we've got some changes at the top to talk about. Uh, bring up the rear is John, 173.4, followed by Ryan at 196.4. In second place, Bryce with 223.04, and in first with 223.12 so is yours truly. Caught him. Very, very
1: close at the top, mm-hmm. and I... <laughs> I love the way you announced that cuz all I hear is the banker making its notes like oh there's a check at the top. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, the market fluctuates from time to time. It's a long time long season to go.
1: Long season to go and that includes this week. So let's get to our picks. I get to start us off with the Buccaneers pick and I am going to take my boy who had the majority of my points last week, Mike Evans. Taking him number one overall. Um, You can walk the plank. Never. Please stay
0: a buck forever. Mike Evans. Zach, you're up. Okay. I will go to the other side of that coin and take Chris
3: Godwin. Low-hanging fruit. John? I'm going back to the well. Give me Baker Mayfield. He's bacon. Bryce, who you got?
2: Oh boy! Uh oh man, yeah. It's, this offense just doesn't leave a whole lot to be desired. Uh, I guess giving Rashad White, maybe you'll catch them out of the backfield, and maybe maybe they'll get to the one. He'll punch one in from there.
0: Remember when we used to have tight ends? I was going to say oh, these days. Thursday these Thursday games are real ugly, and they do not typically go according to plan. So. Would shock me if, like, a there's still like a Keeft on the roster, yeah. Co, old yeah,
1: Co. He, would he, shock me. Otten, uh, Durham, Payne, Payne. <laughs> he got promoted. Uh, Todd Bowles promoted him. Oh, all right, Bryce. Who like do you a got now? for the rest of the league?
2: Have we, um, has Alvin Kamara been taken? He has
1: not. I will
2: take Alvin Kamara.
3: Bones Jones. Uh has Josh Allen been taken? He has. That was my first pick. Damn uh <laughs> gimme uh gimme uh Chuba Hubbard. <laughs> okay. Wait, hold on.
0: Is that his name? <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's Chuba Hubbard. You got it. Chuba. The running back for the, the for Panthers? Panthers.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say you just embrace this, know. Uh, John's going for Caleb Williams <laughs> next year. <laughs> the uh, the shot in the dark every week, like, hey, <laughs> this guy, you might get a touch.
1: Hey, Deontay Foreman was huge this week in fantasy. Maybe uh, Chuba Hubbard can can be a Deontay Foreman this week. Zach, you got somebody? Yes,
0: I do. I will take Travis. Etienne, go back to the drawing board. (laughs) Right in his
1: eye. I know. All right, I will take Justin Air Bear. Got it. Starting to run out of uh, players. That I mean, these the last weeks are going to be pretty fun. John will be right
0: at home. <laughs> John will John, be like I've been in John, this all
1: season. John's, John's gonna be in that mode. Yeah, <laughs> he's playing the long game. Zach's <laughs> gonna come up on week seventeen. Is you only Cuba adopted Hubbard. the darkness. Is Chupa <laughs> Hubbard available? Nope, taken in week seven. <laughs> <laughs> so, the great fantasy picks, guys. Let's move on to what you know. The what you know, bro. John, the trivia question of the week. First, let's get to the winner. Do we have any winners of last week?
3: We didn't have any winners last week. Unfortunately, very tough question. I think uh, we'll change up the way those questions come through. Uh, the answer was Richard Nixon, who served as a announcer during the Tampa Bay Buccaneers inaugural 1976 season. That was Richard. I am not a crook, Nixon. This This week's question is going to be, What Buccaneers running back rushed for 1,207 yards in the 1995 season?
1: Great question. Buck bros. Let's see if you guys know your running back trivia. Let's move on to our last tracker, Caleb Williams, USC.
0: Zach, what's the latest on Caleb? Not good. Not good. Back-to-back losses. Uh, Caleb, not his worst game. Uh, He didn't turn the ball over. He also didn't throw for a touchdown. They lost uh, at home against Utah. Second year in a row, I think they've lost to Utah. So, if you recall my conspiracy theory from last week, that he's tanking the tank. I don't know. I mean, it's starting to gain traction. People are talking about it. Uh, It's another loss. It's another subpar performance out of Caleb. Um, Might have to get rid of the fingernail polish. But, yeah, down week overall. Uh, still completed 70% of his passes, 250 yards, ran for a touchdown, but not a good week for Caleb and the Trojans.
1: Yep, that conspiracy theory is holding more and more water now. Um, the good thing is that with this tracker, the Bucks' uh, destiny and Caleb's destiny seem to be getting closer and closer together. <laughs> Hold out hope, Buck Bros all right guys that's gonna do it for us this week we appreciate you as always listening to the podcast and make sure you're following along on instagram at buck tp for all the latest news trivia questions and anything buck bros going forward we hope you guys have a great week and we're gonna end this episode as we always do by saying
0: go bucks go bucks go bucks plus eight and a half but i like the under under 42 and a half primetime games they're terrible
1: Real quick, just get a ah, I was gonna say get a go bucks. Uh, I'll just do an impression. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs>
3: go bucks. Go bucks.
0: <laughs> That's definitely it. Picture right, perfect, John. Add yeah, it in there. Right on the T. Yeah, add in and John and then go Go Bucks. <laughs>